Hello and welcome back to the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stishon, and once again I'm bringing you one of the scariest, creepiest, and most skin-crawling tales of terror that the Golden Age of Radio had to offer. This week, we bring you a story about man versus nature when a tough-as-nails plantation owner faces a swarm of deadly jungle ants. Today, the cast of Mike Williams and myself reincarnate Laningen vs. the Ants from Escape, which originally aired on January 14, 1948. So turn off the lights, gather round, and remember, these tales scared your grandpappy first, and enjoy the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I first met Lanigan while performing my duties as district commissioner. As my boat neared his plantation landing, I saw him upon the riverbank, regarding me with mild interest. A great hulk of a man with bristling gray hair, bulky nose, and pale eyes. His entire appearance somehow suggested an aging and shabby eagle. He escorted me to the terrace and had a drink brought. I came quickly to the point of my visit and issued my warning. Leningen puffed placidly at a huge cigar as he listened and then said, Exactly what are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you that unless they alter their course, and there's no reason why they should, they'll reach your plantation in two days at the latest. Well, Commissioner, it was decent of you paddling all this way just to give me the tip. Tip? You're pulling my leg, of course, when you say I have to get out. Now look, I assure you, I'm not- Commissioner, even a herd of crocodile couldn't drive me from this plantation of mine. Ah, uh, you, you don't understand. These aren't creatures you can fight. They're an elemental force, a gigantic catastrophe. Ten miles long, two miles wide, ants, nothing but ants. And each one as big as your thumb, and each one of them a fiend from hell. Unless you clear out at once, there'll be nothing left of you but a skeleton, picked as clean as your own plantation will be. I'm not going to run for it, Commissioner, just because trouble's on the way. But it isn't trouble. And I don't think I'm the kind of fathead who tries to beat off lightning with my fists, either. I've got a better weapon, Commissioner. Intelligence. With me, the brain isn't just a second appendix. I know what it's there for. Can't I make you understand the hideous- I think it is you who does not understand. In the three years I've been here, I've met and defeated more than one catastrophe. Flood and droughts, a plague, events which cause many of my natives to flee for their lives. No, Commissioner, all of my life I have lived by one motto. The human brain needs only to become fully aware of its powers to conquer even the elements. Laningen, your obstinacy is endangering not only your own life, but the lives of your 400 workers and their families. You don't know these ants. I tell you, you do not know these ants. But Lanigan merely sat there, puffing at his cigar and regarding me with a sardonic grin. I knew it was hopeless. As I boarded my launch and cast off, I turned to look once more at this man who calmly intended to defy one of the world's greatest scourges. I felt a sudden resentment toward him, and yet, with it was something else. I had never met a man like that, and I couldn't help wondering what combination of elements made up such a creature. 
I stood on the bank of the river watching the commissioner's launch until he'd rounded a bend and was lost to sight. There was a strange look in the commissioner's eyes as he stood on deck staring back at me. Clearly, he thought me, well, at the very least, unreasonable. Well, he wouldn't have been the first to think so. But I, Laningen, knew my own powers. I was sure of myself. I knew that intelligence directed right always makes man the master of his fate. That night, I called my native workers together in front of the plantation house. I saw their faces go ashen with terror as I told them that the ants were coming. Watched them as they all milled around, muttering. I said nothing more to them. Finally, one of the men stepped forward. Black, the foreman. But we've worked hard here for these three years, all of us. We've built the finest plantation in this district. We all share in it. It has been a home for all of us and our families. Now the ants come. So? Those ditches we dug last year, the pipe we put in the ground. That was for the ants? That was for the ants. We moved our families across the river. The ants could not reach them. That's right. The ants are mighty. We know what they can do. All of us think that you are mighty. We will stay and fight against the ants with you. I knew the men would give me that answer. I'd counted on it. Suddenly, I thought of the commissioner and wondered what he'd say at such unquestioning confidence. Would he still think I was... um... <laughs> unreasonable? All that night, I could not get Lanigan out of my mind. One man who calmly evaluated his chances against a deadly menace, coolly decided that he could win, and was willing to stake his life on it. To risk a horrible death for it. It was terrifying, and yet it was fascinating. When dawn came, I sent for my assistant. Together we went to the huge map of the district, which hung from a wall in my office. The last reported position of the ants came in last night. They were, uh, right here. About 70 miles above the fork in the river. Traveling southeast? Yes, sir. Hmm. Directly toward Lanigan. Uh, toward whom, sir? Oh, that, uh, plantation at the bend of the river. Belongs to a man named Lanigan. When would you say the ants will reach there? Why, I, uh, I don't know, sir. I imagine about, oh, tomorrow. Noon. Tomorrow noon, huh? Still time. Still time? What do you mean, sir? Oh, nothing. Never mind. What did I mean? Still time for what? For Lanigan to flee, or still time for me to... Even as I rejected the thought with horror, I knew that the fascination of that man was more than I could resist. That Lanigan's fight was drawing my mind and drawing me back toward that plantation and death. I knew past all doubt that I was going to go back to Lanigan's plantation. I had to. It was 10 o'clock in the morning when I rounded the bend and saw Lanigan's plantation before me. I put in at the dock and tied up the launch and then... Then I saw him standing on the bank above me, arms folded, stubby cigar in his mouth, and that same sardonic grin on his face. I made my way up to him. <laughs> back for another warning, Commissioner? No. Oh, back to stay a while. Yes. <laughs> you don't seem very surprised. I'm not. You expected me? I knew you'd be back. Come along, we'll get some horses. You'll want to ride around the plantation. Take a look at the defenses I've rigged up. Yes, yes, I'll, I'll want to see the defenses. And the ants. 
We'll be getting a glimpse of them before long, I should think. Yes. And the ants. Come along, then. The defenses Lanagen had devised were quite impressive. Surrounding three sides of the plantation like a huge horseshoe was a ditch, 12 feet wide. The ends of this horseshoe-shaped ditch ran into the river, which formed the fourth side of the plantation. And at the upriver entrance to the ditch, Lanagen had constructed a dam by which river water could be diverted into the ditch. A large hand wheel controlled the floodgate of the dam, and apparently Lanagen had ordered it opened immediately after my arrival. For as we now approached the ditch and rode along it, I could see that it was nearly full. Well, how do you like my first line of defense, Commissioner? Well, it's reassuring. It's like a moat around a castle. Unless the ants know how to build rafts, they won't reach the plantation. This is only the outer moat. There's a better one than this. Come along. We'll go up to the high ground where the buildings are. We can get a view from there. I didn't see any women or children around the plantation. Or any animals. That's right. Move them across the river. Oh, you think there is danger? Not because of danger, Commissioner. A matter of efficiency. Efficiency? Cuts down the efficiency of the men if they're worried about their families. Critical situations only become crises when oxen or women get excited. Ah. Here we are. See the ditch? Much smaller than the other. You've noticed how all the buildings are on this place of high ground. The inner ditch surrounds them. It's lined with concrete. But even filled with water, this is no barrier. It's not big enough. Why, if the ants get this far, they'll- They'll go no further. This ditch wasn't built for water, Commissioner. See the pipes leading into it? See those storage tanks on the hill? Petrol. We can throw up a wall of flame. Lanagen, look! Over at the edge of the jungle, all those animals! Ha <laughs> ha! Running like the wind, everything from jaguars to monkeys. Good heavens. Ah, remember, they don't have any ditches. And there's no escape. They'll be alright, as long as they don't get caught between the river and the ants. They can outrun the crawlers, but if they get trapped, it's either the ants or the crocodiles. Ugh. Look. Look over the horizon. Billions of ants. Oh, look at them. It was a sight I'll never forget. Over the range of hills, as far as the eye could see, crept a darkening hem ever longer and broader until the shadow spread across the entire slope and then downward, downward, uncannily swift. And all the green herbage on the entire slope was being mown as by a giant sickle leaving only the vast moving shadow extending, deepening, and always moving nearer. Oh, they're a hideous lot. Lanagen, we can't last against that. Look at them. Why, you could fill your ditches with their corpses and still have enough to destroy every one of us. We've got to run. Well, I, uh, no. They haven't reached us yet, and they never will. The hostile army was approaching in perfect formation. No human battalions, however well-drilled, could ever hope to rival the precision of that advance. Along the front that moved forward as uniformly as a straight line, the ants drew nearer and nearer to the water ditch. As they approached, two outlying wings of the army detached themselves from the main body and started marching along the sides of the ditch, no doubt expecting at some point to find a crossing. 
and during this hour-long flanking movement, the main army remained still. Across the scant twelve feet of ditch, I stared at them, and they stared back at me. A solid mass, everyone as big as my thumb with a reddish-black body and long legs. <coughs> Suddenly, a sound so unearthly as to freeze our blood. Just ahead, in the direction of the jungle, on the far side of the ditch, coming toward the ditch at a stumbling gallop was a singular being. A writhing, animal-like, blackened statue with a shapeless head and four quivering feet. It was a stag, covered over and over with ants. Lanigan threw up his rifle, and the stag fell lifeless to the ground, its agonies at an end. Horrified as I was, my curiosity impelled me to glance at my watch. I had to know how long the ants would take. After six minutes, only the white, polished bones of the stag remained. Now I could see a change in Lanigan. Gone was the sporting zest for the novel contest, in its place was a cold, violent purpose to send these vermin back to hell where they belonged. If he did not, we were both only too sure of the alternative. And now we even knew how long it would take the ants. An immense flood of ants about a hundred yards in width commenced pouring in a glimmering black cataract down the far slope into the water-filled ditch. Thousands drowned instantly, but the rest began using their bodies as bridges. Laningen immediately swung into action. Get to the dam! Open the floodgates more! Get that water in the ditch moving faster. Ha ha ha! Look at them drown by the thousands! Yes, but they keep coming. Even though the current carries many of them away, they're advancing. We'll fix them. Black? Senor. How about those shovels and petrol sprinklers? Have you passed them out to the men? It has been done. Then get all the hands here in a hurry. This looks like the spot for action. Commissioner? Yes? Beginning to see what I was talking about? About intelligence being more than a match for anything it tackles. Take the ants. They've got no intelligence. If they had, they'd have attacked along the whole length of the ditch instead of a narrow front like this. They'd have been across by now. <laughs> Too bad for them, I'm not running their campaign. You can joke about it like that with the ants halfway across the ditch? All right, men. Busy with the shovels now. Dump some sand and clods on them. See how they like that. You, with the petrol sprinklers, start pumping. <laughs> they don't like it, Commissioner. They don't like it a bit. <laughs> look at them. Yes, but look at the woods on the far side of the ditch. Whole clumps of them rolling into the water. The rest are using them for bridges. Grab a shovel then, Commissioner. Make them regret it. Keep at it, keep at it. You're lost if you stop now. <laughs> the water's moving faster. They got the floodgates open. Look at the ants. They can't hold their own against the current now. They're being washed away. Look at them, Commissioner! The water is carrying them away. We've beat them! We've won out! It was true. Lanagin had won. The opening round. The floodgates were left open to forestall any night crossings. When day came, the dark blanket was still there, motionless across the ditch. Then we noticed the feverish activity on the other side of the plantation. A grove of tamarind trees lined the far end of the ditch, and every tree swarmed with the crawling insects. But instead of eating the leaves, they were merely gnawing through the stems. 
so that a thick green shower fell steadily to the ground. Black, have all the petrol pumps brought. Get everyone here except the lookouts on the other side and pass out the shovels. Si, senor. Ah, looks like I underestimated them when I said they didn't have intelligence. What do you mean? I said if they wanted to get across, they'd have to have rafts. And that's just what they've got. Those leaves are their rafts. Don't worry, Commissioner. I've still got a trick up my sleeve. The ditch is drying up. <laughs> of course it's drying up. That's the plan. <laughs> Those are the orders I sent to the dam. Are you mad? As soon as it's empty, what's to prevent the ants from... Look! Look! The water's way down! It's almost dry! They'll be able to come across the bottom! They'll not make it if the man at the dam carries out his orders. He should have opened the gates by now. To... to flood the ants. Right. Well, what a chance to take if anything should happen. Don't you... <laughs> Here it comes! Here comes the water! <laughs> now we'll give the crawlers in the ditch a good ride. Out into the river! There, there, look at them go! Lanigan's tactics were successful. At first, the violent flow of water at the original depth raced through the ditch, overwhelming leaves and ants and sweeping them along. Three times the ditch was emptied. Three times the ants raced across its bottom. And three times the rushing water arriving just in time carried them away. But the fourth time, the level dropped nearly to the bottom of the ditch. We waited in vain for the rushing water, and then... What's the matter? What's gone wrong at the dam? The ants. The ants, senor. Just as the man at the dam lowered the water almost to the bottom, the ants attacked. Before he could open the floodgates, he was almost surrounded. He ran. The ants kept coming. There across the ditch, senor. Lanigan stood motionless, absorbing the news of his defeat without a word. Then, simply, he raised his pistol and fired three shots into the air, the prearranged signal for all men to retreat instantly to the second line of defense, the concrete ditches more than a mile from the point of invasion. Soon after we arrived there, the natives commenced straggling in, silently. Linogen waited until all of them had gathered, then he spoke. Well, lads, we won the first round and lost the second, but we'll smash the crawlers yet. Anyone who thinks otherwise can draw his pay and push off. There are rafts enough on the river and plenty of time still to reach them. You'll stay then. Thank you, lads. And you, Commissioner? I, uh, can't persuade you to give up the fight, huh? You cannot. And I stay too. I knew you would. Ah, uh, senor. A few of the ants have reached the ditch. They're trying to get across? No. I didn't think they would. There's plenty of food over there for them. My fields, my orchards, my work of three years. <laughs> Ought to last them until morning, anyway. Yes, we were safe for the moment. But the next morning, the black swarm was solid around us. Their shock troops were hard at work. They were dropping shreds of bark and twigs and leaves into the petrol-filled ditches, forming a floating bridge across the surface of the liquid. Lanigan stood silently watching this operation, and I could see a, a grudging admiration in his face. Then, after several hours, the attack came. Down the ditch they poured, millions of them, and across the bridge of twigs rapidly approached the inner side. 
Lanigan sat motionless, watching them. Watching them. Lanigan, for the love of God, don't sit there like a statue. They'll be on us in a moment. Let them fill the ditch first. Now! All right, everyone, back in the ditch! Black, hand me the torches. Now we'll see how our friends like a little heat around them. The flames from the ditch shot into the air, devouring ants by the millions. It was some time before the petrol burned down to the bed of the ditch, and when it did, the devils came back for more. Again and again, Lanningen fired the ditch to destroy them, but as they returned to the assault, time after time, a slow, sickening horror creeped into my mind. I looked quickly at Lanningen, and then the petrol tanks. He read my gaze, nodded slowly. That's right, Commissioner. We could hold them off forever if our supply of petrol was unlimited, but it isn't. We've only got enough to fill the ditch once more. Lanigan, isn't there a way, any way at all? <sighs> there must be. Yes! 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 What is it? We'll flood the whole plantation. Flood? But how? The river's higher than any point except this high ground we're on right now. If the river was dammed all the way, it would overflow that stone breakwater and flood the whole plantation. And that'll do it. You're mad. The dam is more than a mile away. A mile of ants. It's impossible. You'll never get there, let alone back. That's where you're wrong, Commissioner. I'll get there. And I'll get back. <laughs> you take care of things here while I'm gone, huh? I watched him as he calmly put on high leather boots, drew gauntlets over his hand, and stuffed the spaces between breeches and boots, gauntlets and arms with petrol-soaked rags. He shielded his eyes with close-fitting mosquito goggles. He plugged his nostrils and ears with cotton. Then the natives drenched his clothes with petrol. Black, who acted as doctor to the men, smeared a salve over him. And finally, Leiningen was ready. As he stood surveying the course he must take to the dam, I sensed a sudden calm. As I stood near the ditch, ready for the run, I realized this was as it should be. I, Lanningen, would meet the ants and defeat them, or be defeated by them. <laughs> Lanningen versus the ants. Yes, it was right that it should be like this, and now there was no more time for thought, only action. I took a deep breath then bounded across the ditch in among the ants. And I ran. I ran in long, equal strides with only one thought, one sensation in my being. I must get through. I dodged all trees and shrubs. Except for the split seconds my soles touched the ground, the ants would have no opportunity to alight on me. I ran on. I was halfway to the dam before I felt ants under the clothes and a few on my face. I struck at them mechanically, scarcely conscious of their bites. The dam drew towards me. The distance grew less and less. Finally, only a hundred yards away. Fifty. Then I was there. I gripped the ant-covered wheel, but I hardly had seized it when a horde of ants flooded over my hands and arms, and I strained. Slowly, the wheel turned, and turned more. Floodgates were swinging slowly shut, and then... It was shut and the water was rising. Rising behind the breakwater, closer to the top. Closer. Then it was spilling over. The flooding of the plantation had begun. I let go of the wheel, started back through the ants. For the first time, 
I realized I was coated from head to toe with the ants. Tongues of fire stabbed me and bit into my flesh. I almost lost my head with the pain as I ran, knocking ants from my body, brushing them from my bloodied face, and then... One bit me, just below the rim of my goggles. I managed to tear it away, but the agony of the bite and its venom drilled into the eye nerves. I was almost blinded, but I knew that if I tripped and fell, I... I ran on my heart pounding as if it would burst, blood roaring in my ears, a giant's fist battering my lungs. Then I could see, dimly, that wall of flame at the ditch. Oh, but it was so far away. I couldn't last half the distance. I stumbled, and I fell. I felt myself being swarmed over, devoured. I tried to rise. A great weight, and suddenly the vision of the half-devoured stag in my brain. Six minutes, then nothing but bones. I could not let that happen to me. I could not die like that. To my feet, I dragged myself forward, toward the flames. The ditch, the ring of flames, closer now. Only a little further. Ten steps. Eight. Five. It seemed we had waited for hours. When all at once, through the blazing ring around us, an apparition hurtled and fell full length on the ground. It was Laningen, alive with ants, unconscious with glazing eyes and lacerated face. We rushed to him, stripped off his clothes, and tore at the ants that covered him. His body seemed almost one open wound. In one place, I could see a white bone. Later, as the curtain of flame lowered, I looked out where that blanket of ants had been and saw only a vast expanse of water covering the entire plantation and working its way to within a few feet of the concrete ditch. The ants were gone, drowned, and Lanigan had won. He lay on his bed, body swathed from head to foot with bandages, but alive and still in command. Everything in order? Everything's in order. I told you I'd come back. <laughs> Even if I am a bit streamlined. He grinned, shut his eyes. He slept. And that concludes our reincarnation of Land Engine First the Ants from Escape in another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'd like to thank Mike Williams for helping me bring the script back to life. And new episodes of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast can be found every Thursday on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you never miss an announcement. And leave us a review while you're at it. Tell us what you think. Hopefully we raised a hair or two. But for now, that's it for me, Dave Stishin, and the rest of us at the Reincarnated Radio Podcast, where we scared your grandpappy first. (laughs) 